First of all, hallelujah! It is, it's fourth and 26. McNabb is back. He's looking. He is firing. And it is caught by Freddie Mitchell. And Bazarczyk fumbles the football. It's picked up by Herman Edwards. 15, 10, 
He goes, give me Alabama. (laughs) Place goes nuts. Absolute fucking heel turn. Uh, Just crazy turn of events. If you haven't seen that clip, I'll I'll show you that clip after we're done the show. It's it's crazy. Oh, my God. It's awesome. Um, But, yeah, this week, football, not great, uh, especially for the Eagles losing by 20 points to the hated division rival Dallas Cowboys. Uh, And it's not just that they lost. It's the fashion that they lost. It's the fact that they've lost in similar fashion back-to-back weeks. Um, You know, obviously dropping a big one against the Niners last week and now an even bigger one here this week against Dallas. Um, You know, uh, last week's episode title was We Said We'd Be Happy With 3-3. and And as of right now, we're sitting at 3-2 and in that stretch. Um but man, just the feel of these last two games, it doesn't feel like three and two. It it, it through that through that tough stretch in the middle of the middle of the season. But you know what? Uh silver lining, we have one of the easier schedules in the league Romantic. to finish out the season. Um and if we win out, we're still in a position to take the division. Um, and we still have a div- we still have a chance to take the conference. The conference is a little bit of a long shot, but you still have a chance. Yeah. So for me, even if they do win versus the Seahawks and they go four and two, and you know we all said that'd be a win in this six game stretch, right? It still won't feel like it just because of like you said the way they lost those two games, right? Like the Niners are probably the best team in football outside the Eagles. You know, I, I think it's. Uh, up until this last lo- two losses, I thought it was the Eagles, and I thought the Niners were maybe the second best team. Now I think it might be the Niners, and the Eagles might be too. But I think they're the two best teams in football, and it would have been so huge in the playoffs if you got to play at Lincoln Financial Field. Now it looks like you may have to go to San Fran. I, I think that's a big game changer. Well, as long as you win the division, you're still getting at least one home playoff game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I th- the home playoff game's fine, but I, I really think it's going to come down to – Eagles, Niners in the playoffs. And oh, absolutely. It's going to be at the Niners now. So I, I think that's big, you know. Um, they needed one of these games, I felt like. So real quick, if it is, um, we found out last year just how soft Niners fans are. So I'm not scared if we have to go out there. No, I, I'm not scared of Niners fans or, or anything like that. I think, you know, Eagles fans are definitely way better than them. It's just the fact of playing at home in front of your home crowd, it gives you a little extra something. And, and oh, absolutely, be, especially in front of this crowd. Now. Yeah, absolutely. So what stood out to you in the game? What was what was your big like what was your big disappointment? Like what 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 was that moment for you? Uh, I mean a lot of things stood out. I'm gonna say the Again, the most disappointing thing was the fact that right from the beginning, it really wasn't close. Like, they, they looked outmatched. You know, they, they looked – the Cowboys looked like the better team, right? I'd say it, but yes. Um, there's there's a lot of questions. This is the third straight game on defense. They've allowed 30-plus points. It's a big fucking problem. Offense, they didn't score a single fucking touchdown. Big fucking problem. Um, I mean, it really, all the way around, it was just a lackluster effort. I mean, w- what stood out to you the most? Um, turnovers. First and foremost, it's the turnovers. Um, we cannot continue to throw interceptions and fumble the football. Uh, the fumbling is an absolute fucking problem with this team, and I have had it. I have a million percent had it. And, you know, what? The, the title of the episode is Cowboys won and the sky is falling. And I don't want to give that impression that the sky is falling, but it's on its way down and it will fall if you continue to turn the football over like this. Um, another thing that stood out to me was our absolute inability to run the football or stop the run. The right. Cowboys from from fucking from the jump. We're able to run the ball down our throats. We couldn't stop them unless it was through some kind of a mistake or a dropped pass. Like, there wasn't a single defensive stop where I said, huh, we did a good job on that series. Right. It was, oh, man, I'm so glad he dropped that pass. It was much like that for the majority of the Niners game as well. So I got two questions for you. You know, you said the sky is falling, and it kind of feels like – I don't listen to a lot of sports talk radio. I'm not big on that. I know a lot of people do, though. 
But my sentiment from just talking to a couple people that do listen to it is people are panicking, right? So I don't want to panic here. But my question to you would be on a level of one to 10, what's the panic meter at for you? For me, it would be at a four, which I don't think is anything crazy. There's concerns in areas, but I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not losing my shit. I'll be honest. I'm at a six. Okay. Um, and, I, and, and I'll tell you why I'm at a six. I'm at a six because with all the talent that's on the offensive side of the football, this team has showed an absolute ineptitude to score in the red zone and to hold on to the football. Yeah. Two of the most important things, like we, we looked at this and this was supposed to be a top three, top four offense in the entire league. And they can't even score in the fucking red zone. You know, you know what's crazy? They're not a top three or four offense, but by almost every metric, they're still a top 10 offense, despite how much they've struggled not scoring in the red zone. That just shows you where the rest of the league's at. That, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's a props to the Eagles or negative to the rest of the league, but they're still top 10 in a lot of categories. So there's that. Um, and you, you mentioned the Cowboys, right? You know, running the ball, the Eagles not really being able to stop them. Something that was brought to my attention is Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter have both played over 450 snaps at this point, more than they ever played in college. Do you think they're starting to wear down? Is that a thing or is that overblown? Um, I don't think it's overblown because by now your college season's over, right? Um, if you're in the playoff, there's a couple of weeks in between, um, and then you start to ramp it up again, right? So there's that. Um, and there's also the fact that, Coming into the league, we had concerns about both of these guys and their ability to stay on the field. You know, um, maybe not so much Jalen Carter, yeah, but I, definitely I, Jordan Davis. The conditioning yeah. was a was a big question mark. Um, and yeah, I misspoke there. More so Jordan Davis, yeah, but right. um, but that rookie wall is a real thing as you get into the the late stages of the season, um, especially when you're relied upon this much um i mean they're really the only two outside of fletcher cox that are really producing on that defensive line um i mean i, I think Neil williams is playing really well he is in a limited action that he's getting yeah okay. but it's limited action but yeah i mean he's a, he's a rotational player he, he's not he, you know he's not a starter or a star or any of that my point is that you don't have that depth there and you're not able to rotate and keep the fresh legs that you hoped you'd be able to and you know, it's it's starting to show. It's it's starting to show that these two guys are getting tired. Um, they're not a hundred percent there. Um, and yeah, I just I I feel like I I feel like it's it's true. These guys are hitting that rookie wall, and you know, and it's and it's up to Sean Desai and and the rest of the defensive staff to get these guys through it. So, I, what for me? What is the the counter to that? Right, because. So they've played more snaps than they did in college at this point. So I get why that could, you know, wear on your body a little bit. But to me, they're only playing roughly 50% of the snaps. So they are being rotated. You know, they are they are being, con you know, conditioned. They're trying. They're not just throwing them in there playing 80% of the snaps and work up. So they're, they're trying to limit their exposure a little bit. But there's just more games, more snaps on a professional level. So it's going to happen. So, like. I just don't know what the proper answer is to it, or is it just inevitable that they're going to hit a rookie wall? You know, it's it's inevitable that they're going to hit it, but there are some things you can do to counteract it. Um, first place that my mind goes is the NASCAR package. Uh, Brandon Graham has played really well as a three tech defensive tackle this year. Mm -hmm. When he's asked to shift inside for that NASCAR package, that's getting that's getting one of those big fellows in the middle of blow. It's getting a little bit more speed on the field in obvious passing situations. Um, and it's allowing some of the guys like Nolan Smith that we talk about the opportunity to get some more snaps in. So you brought up Nolan Smith. I'm just waiting for him to make a big play. I feel like any game now, he's going to make a big-time game-changing play at a crucial moment. I just I feel like it's coming. I've been waiting for it for probably two or three weeks now, and I feel like at some point it's coming. He's playing a little bit more now. With uh, Derek Barnett gone, I, I feel like that's coming. So may maybe at some point. Now, I don't want to fully put this on Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. There's other struggles on the defense, right? Them of course. Them 30 points isn't just them. 
Yeah, but, the linebacker play has been abysmal this that, year. That's what I wanted to ask you, because specifically about the run game, how much of Carter and Davis, you know, struggling in the run game, how much is that due to the linebacker play not being great, you know, not getting great linebacker play behind them? Well, it definitely contributes, right? So if you're not asking your linebackers to drop back in coverage and you're asking them to play more of that, more of that like low-level zone, um, you know, if your defensive linemen are securing their gaps, um, it's really up to the linebacker to come downhill and make the play. Okay. Um, and far too often, I'm seeing these running backs get to the second and third level. Which, for you, that would be more on the tackles, not on the linebackers, if I'm understanding, correct? No, to, to me, it comes down to the linebackers. Okay. I mean, if you're occupying your gap, and right, right. the linebacks have come down and finish the play. Right. Okay. Um, and honestly, just the tackling, the tackling across the board on this defense. I can't tell you how many times in that game on Sunday I watched a tackle that consisted of, hey, let me hold on to this guy until he falls. That's not a tackle. That's tiring somebody out. That's that's giving them a hug until they fall down. That's not a fucking tackle. That's not football. And that's not how you prevent the other team from, from picking up first downs. So I, I, I agree with you. How many times did you see a first down picked up with, with somebody on, on the player's back? Oh, a, a lot. The tacky, tackling was abysmal. I'm not going to argue that. But don't you also feel like the tackling league wide is down? Like it's gotten worse just because of the way it's the game's officiated and stuff like that. No, I, I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but I'm just saying like like it's no. Not I just see your I see your point. Shit tackling like it's it's you know that's why you see you know players you know you know you see them go out of bounds and like they're afraid to even like finish the play because they're gonna get a late hit. It's not even just on quarterbacks anymore. It's on running backs and wide receivers. Like you, you can't even finish the play. Like. Yeah, no, I, I see your point. It's just, I don't know, man. It's something you know, but then when the tackling's so fucking bad, it's like you don't want to hear like that point, right? Because it's just like it's beyond that, right? Well, and it's like nobody's – it's almost like nobody's taught how to form tackle anymore, mm. right? Squat down, wrap up around the waist, face mask to the ball, and bring them down. There's nothing illegal about that. I'm not asking you to go out there and level people. I'm asking you to wrap up and fight. Don't just hold on to somebody and hope that they fall. Speaking of level, Brent Covey got rocked on that one play on special teams. Yes, he did. Just throwing that out there. So, Shaq Leonard, I don't think he played too much. He had a couple of snaps. Yeah, I don't have the snap percentages in front of me. Um, how much does he play going forward? Is that is that something where you think – he can help elevate that linebacker group. Um, I think he stands a chance to. Um, I mean, he had two tackles total, uh, both solos. And I'm trying to see. It doesn't have ESPN doesn't have a snap count here for him. Of course they don't. Fuck ESPN. But um, yeah, I mean, two two tackles when he was on the field. Um, Neither one of them for loss. Uh, one was one was solo. So, I mean, if, if he can get anything close to what he was playing two three years ago, I mean, it's an absolute steal. I just I feel like at linebacker right now, I think like just got a conglomerate of like what ifs, right? Like the Kobe Dean, what if he is that player that they draft, right? Obviously, he's not playing right now. It's Shaq Leonard, what if he? It's Shaq Leonard, right? What yeah, he, I feel I forgot what he changed his name to, but whatever. That's that's what he changed his name to. He was Darius. Okay, that's what it was. You know, what if he can return to, you know, all pro form? You know, Nicholas Mar is playing great. You know, like, you know, what what, what do you do when um, Zach Cunningham comes back, right? Like, there's a lot of what ifs for me. And it's like, you, you really just like to have that one solid piece. Like the problem is that position's been a what if for the Eagles since Jeremiah, Jeremiah Trotter. Trotter yeah. it, it just sucks, right? Because, you know, I hate to bring it up, but. TJ Edwards is just he, he's not a game changing player, but he's just so solid and consistent. And you had him led your team in tackles for two fucking years. Yeah, and you, you had him and you, and you let him go. Now, granted, like I know you he needed the play because you drafted him. He had a first round grade. You know, you, you thought he's going to be a player. You still hope he's going to be a player. So, like, I understand he wanted the play, but TJ Edwards not resigning was just 
so big. And I don't know if maybe that shows because, I mean, he was such a solid tackler, just fundamental, always made the right play. So I, I, that's a big loss for me. Well, part of the reason he left, too, was to go play for his hometown team. So, I mean, I think if you throw a couple extra million dollars at him, I, th- I think he would have stayed, right? That much, yes, but if the money was equal, and I don't know that I would have been willing to pay him much more than he's making in Chicago. Um, you know, if all things are equal, I'm, I'm pretty sure he still would have went. Okay. But so, I, I agree. He's a that That's a big miss. That's a big that's a big loss. He wasn't a high round draft pick. You know, you, you didn't have to invest a ton of capital into him. He's just and he just found his way to the football. Found his way to the football. Like he said, made the plays. He's oh he was always on the field too, man. Like just there's something for consistency, right? Like and so this is another question I have for you is I, I've heard talks about imbalanced roster where you pay a couple guys making this amount of money. And top you, heavy. Yeah, top heavy. And then you have some young guys who are, you know, high draft picks, but, you know, they're still ascending. And then you, you have a lot of lower talent players where it's like you just have to fill up the roster. Is that something that the Eagles are moving towards or in that area? Or how, how do you feel about that? I don't think they're in that area. I think there's just been a lot of swings and misses. All right. So, like, what's been a swing and a miss? Resigning Slay and Bradbury. That's huge. Okay. And but that that wasn't your thought going into the season, right? No, but I didn't th- like obviously I didn't think that they were both going to regress to this point. And you know, maybe they maybe it was inflated what we thought they were last year because the pass rush was able to get home, maybe because of the schedule as well. The schedule. Um there's a lot that goes into that. Um but they just look like they've lost a step like like Bradbury might may have lost too. Like like there, he's, he's it's bad out there. Bad. Slay, Slay's got a little bit left in him, right? I want to. I don't want to completely throw Slay underneath the bus. You know, he's definitely not right. What he was but he's not a number one corner anymore either. Yeah, I mean, but he's also thirty three years old. You know, it's expected to take a step back. Bradbury's only twenty nine, I believe. You know, he, he he hit that wall fast. But is there a fix in the short term for this season? I mean the. You know, you, you you always talk about how you want to be playing your best football going into the postseason, right? Like the Broncos. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender, so I'm, I'm just going to lay that out there first off. But they lit up 70 points in the end of the year. Everybody's writing them off. Now they're 7-6. and six. They're one game back of the Chiefs. They're playing their best football at the right time, where it feels like the Eagles are doing just the opposite. Yeah, I mean... I don't know if there's a fix in the short in the short time. I really don't. Like you know, at the end of the day, like there's nobody that's out there that's gonna make a huge difference. There's nobody sitting on their couch that's gonna come in here and, and make the difference. Nah, and nah. to me, I think the biggest problem lies with the corners. Um, you've never really been able to replace Avante Maddox, no matter who you've signed or who you've traded for or who you've elevated from the practice squad. Um you know, it's been a revolving door at safety with guys keep getting banged up. And, you know, to top it all off, again, slaying Bradbury taking that step back, it's it's just bad. And, and with this many problems in the secondary, and I mentioned this earlier this season, but I'm going to continue to bring it up. Like, we kept nine corners on the roster. Like we kept nine. <laughs> if you keep nine Corners on your roster coming out of training camp. That tells me, hey, someone gets fucked up. We got the answer on the roster. We didn't have the answer on the roster. We didn't have the answer, period, because we're still getting beat through the air. And the run defense is just as bad as it was last year before we signed Sue and Joseph. Mm. It's still bad. Yeah, it, it, it is. So you, you mentioned the secondary and as bad as it is. If, if there's going to be a fix on the defense, it has to happen internally, right? At this point in the year, you're not getting somebody. Like, you already went and got fired. You signed Shaq Leonard. Like, if there's going to be a fix at this point, it's got to be internal. It's got to be from the coaching staff or the players making some sort of adjustment. And, you know, I, 
I feel like after you get blown out two weeks in a row when you have this level of expectations that this team has, I feel like it is all going to be doom and gloom. But if we were to give one positive from this last week versus the Cowboys, I thought Sidney Brown played really well. I agree. I, I Fletcher Cox scored the lone touchdown, so I guess you know you got to give him props. But wasn't Fletcher Cox? Fletcher Cox didn't pick up the fumble. No, who was it? It's Jalen Carter. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. All right, sorry, I'm, I'm wrong a lot. You don't got to fact check me. I'm probably wrong. Don't embarrass me like that. But it, for, for me, if there was one, Jalen Carter, one touchdown. Jalen, okay, I, I thought it was Fletcher Cox. Maybe Fletcher Cox had the sack that caused the fumble. I, I don't remember. But, Son Reddick, two sacks. Fletcher Cox, one sack. Uh, Maybe that's what it was. Maybe Cox got the sack and Carter had the return. But e- either way, if there was one positive outlook for me, it was definitely Sidney Brown. I thought he played really well um, in a lot of aspects. Yeah, um, Dallas Goddard looked pretty good first week back. Yeah, uh, it's quick from a broken forearm. It's another good positive. Um You know, and I feel like I'm beating the defense up a lot here tonight. Rightfully so. But I don't think the defense looks half as bad if the offense puts points up. Yeah. If the offense plays the way that they should, if they score if they score in the red zone and they start getting touchdowns instead of field goals, it's just it's just different. So not a single offensive touchdown. Crazy for as much talent as they have. What are you more worried about, the offense or the defense? I'm more worried about the offense. There's way too much talent on that side of the ball for it to look this bad. So for me, I'm more worried about the defense because I don't think there's a fix and I question the talent level. The offense I'm disappointed in, but I think they have enough talent where I expect them to turn it around, if that makes sense. They're running out of time to turn it around. Now, and I've seen the defense play better this season. Yeah, I've seen them play better, but you know, I I, I get that. For, for me, though, the offense, like you said, it's just too talented. They got too many players at every position to not eventually put up some points, and then they have this year, just not really the last two weeks. Um, something I do want to touch on is the RPOs. So, I don't want to take credit for this. I didn't notice it at all, but my buddy brought it up to me, and he said, why don't they run RPOs at all? He said that was a big part of their game plan last year. He said They Jalen, still do. He said Jalen excels at them. It's almost non-existent. No, they're still running them. They run some read options where you know the quarterback or running back has the option to keep the ball, but run pass option where the pass is in there, it's almost non-existent in the offense anymore. Go go back and watch any of the games. It's it's not there. There's maybe a couple plays here or there, but Brian Johnson's almost completely taking that out of the offense, and I, I wonder if that's a fix. Well, I think we talked about it earlier in the season too that that maybe a lot of teams had started to figure it out because early on in the season they were still running them, and the offense looked even worse than it does now. More, yeah, they were running it more so. Um, um, and I think another part of that is, you know, Jalen's knee and his ability to execute the option portion, right? Um, you know, obviously some question marks there. He's been you know, a little bit banged up this but, year. But he's still running the ball. He's running his draws. Like, how, how many times did they run a, a design quarterback draw? Right? No, I, I get it. I don't, I don't think the knee – I think the knee's hurting him. I think he also looked slower to me before the knee injury than he did last year. I, I don't know – if that's just me, but I think right from the beginning of the year, he looked slower to me. That's maybe just me, though. But the knee can't be that big of a problem if they're running designed QB runs. I, maybe the RPO is not the answer, but... I don't think it is, because I, I think the book's out on the RPO. You know, I heard I heard something earlier, and and I'm not sure where I, where I stand on it, but I, I want to get your opinion on it. Um... Do you think this team would benefit from coming out under center more 
and, and, and cutting down on the amount of shotgun snaps. Do I think they would benefit? It definitely can't hurt. So example would be the play action. Jalen is a fairly big human being. He's a fairly large guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a yeah. With his back to the defense, I feel like he has the ability to really shield the ball and sell the fake and maybe open up some plays down the field. Um, just just a thought there. Um, you know, and, and it also, I think it improves your run game also. There's less fiddle fucking around in the backfield. Your running back's able to get ahead of steam before he takes the ball and runs up the gut. Um you know, I just feel like by putting yourself out of the shotgun as consistently as they do, it's almost their entire offense. Yeah. Um, I feel like it makes you more predictable. And I think that was a lot of the problem with this same Philadelphia Eagles team when it was coached by Chip Kelly. When they had DeMarco Murray on the roster and tried getting him to run the ball out of the shotgun. I don't know, right? So you can still run play action from the shotgun. It's it's different than under center. I think under center you can get defenses to bite on it more. It's it's more exaggerated, if you will. Right. Now what shotgun does give you, it gives you the ability to read the defense a little bit more. That's true. And and that's something Jalen struggled with. So I don't know if maybe that's a something where they want him to be able to see the field and they don't want him to turn the back to the defense. I, I don't know. That that's a that's a coaching thing. Uh, yeah, boot, bootlegs, bootlegs is something else I'd like to see more of out of the offense. Well, again, you, if you're doing bootlegs, you're, you're going under center. I just, I don't know. It's, it's something they haven't done with Jalen Hurts, right? Like, really? I think, it, I think if you do it, it gives him an opportunity. It gives him more opportunity. I think, you know, again, it, it opens up plays up down the field. And then, you know, the bootleg gives him an opportunity to extend plays with his legs allow time for the wide receivers to get open um, because let's be honest that the offensive line isn't what it's been. Well, yeah, we got to um, talk about that because Lane Johnson, he got an eaten up last night. Well, you know, he, his, Mike his, Parsons his, was taking it to him for a majority of the game. Well, he was out for a bit too. I, I understand that, but as much as coming back and having to play one of the, you know, one of the fiercest, uh, you know, edge rushers in the league. Did he give up a sack last night? I don't know if he did, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Well, if he did, it'd be his first one since 2020. So uh, he let up a couple a couple weeks ago. They ain't gonna talk about, it, but I, he let up one a couple weeks ago. I remember. Uh, I remember I was watching with my buddy, and I was like, I was like, dude, they're not gonna talk about this, but that's a sack right there for for Lane Johnson. They probably credited it's like the the guard or whatever. But look, he he played really bad last night and you know again i know he's what 32 now and again he went multiple years without allowing a sacks like i don't want to dog him but you got a the best right tackle in the game you kind of hope that he holds his own because the previous week he played nick bosa and he held his own just fine but he he had a really rough week versus dallas okay yeah so 2023 Lane Johnson has allowed two and a half sacks. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it was versus San Fran. It might have been the week before, but he he allowed one a couple weeks ago, and I I'm gonna guess he let one up last night because Parsons was getting around him regularly. So, um, you know, I'll be honest with you, and and this is this is gonna be giving some flowers your way. Um, this team really misses Isaac Samalo. Hmm. This team misses Isaac Samalo. And I think I think us as football fans, us as Eagles fans, underrated what that man brought to this football club. Um, myself included. I matter of fact, I think I was leading the clubhouse there saying, Hey, look, you know, this guy probably, you know, gets more credit than he deserves. He played between two Hall of Famers. But you know, not to say that Cam Jurgens has played bad, not to say that the guys that have been in there when Cam's been hurt have played bad, they played great. but they haven't played to the level that say Amalu did. No, I, and the run game obviously looks different, and 
the sacks allowed from the right side of the offensive line is obviously a problem if Lane Johnson's given up two and a half sacks. And just as a whole, the line play has not been what it's been in the past. It hasn't, but it's still... Oh, it's still a top three unit. It's, yeah, top three, top five unit, right? Like, it's still really good. It's just not... What great. we've come to expect. Yeah. So, for, for me, I think Samala was a big loss. I do think we kind of said, oh, well, you know, he's coming in the best line in the league. You know, it'll slide right in. It won't be a change. I think we underestimated that. But I also wonder how much of it is Lane and Kelsey getting a little older. I mean, like, Kelsey's, what, 36 now? And he's, almost, still, he's, still, he's still out there. Oh, I, man. I almost haven't even seen a step back from him. But Lane Johnson, tackle, obviously, you know, those edge rushers come around a little faster. I, I think like it's the injuries with Lane. I think it's the injuries with Lane. Oh, of course. I, this yeah. is three years that he's just had these nagging injuries. It, it's probably for me a, a combination of both. I mean, you're getting up there in age, and you're getting injured, so you're you're not recovering as faster. And then Mylotta is just so inconsistent. He he'll, he'll play a series or a game where he'll I'm play like, two games like an all pro. Yeah, and then he'll play out there where it's like, and then he'll lay an egg. Yeah, I, he's been like that. Since I feel like he had his break after his breakout year, pretty much. And I love and I love the guy. I really do. And again, but. for a seventh round pick, you're still getting your money's worth, like multiple times over. It's just not playing up to that breakout season. I- I'd like to go back this under center thing, right? Because I- I'm struggling with it. You know, because I-, I don't know if you have to go under center, right? Because he's been. I'm not saying to move the entire offense under center, but I I think to mix, you know, a sprinkle of it in, I think can only help. I mean, it's, it's not going to make them any worse. No, no, it definitely definitely can't make them any worse. And again, I think the play action under center again is more exaggerated from shotgun, but he's never been under center, right? Like you go in his pros, they've always been shotgun Oklahoma. All shotgun. That's all they run. Alabama all shotgun. And when he was at Bama, they ran all. But shotgun. you can't tell me he can't take snaps under center because what's the tush push? Yeah, but the tush push where you know you're just QB sneaking it and running forward is different than play action or just a straight three five step drop from it. Yeah, you know, like it's completely different. Welcome to the big league, son. But not having done that for so long, if ever, is now mid season the time to implement that. I'd like to. I'd like them to try it. Okay, I I just almost wonder if that's like a off season adjustment, not a we're almost in the playoffs adjustment. Look, if Bill Belichick in the two thousand four Super Bowl can go from playing a four three defense all year and then switch to a three four defense a week before the Super Bowl because he knows it's going to give the Philadelphia Eagles problems. Jalen Hurts can learn how to take snaps out of the fucking – out of under center. I just feel like the defensive line is different than what a quarterback does. I'd like to see it sprinkled, right? Just a couple snaps here or there. That's that's all I'm asking for. Okay, okay, yeah. That's all I'm asking for. Give me – Five or six snaps. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Ten, ten, ten or less, and I'm good. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Again, we're going to disagree on this, but I really feel like the RPOs need to be implemented more. Yeah, I know you said they weren't working at the beginning of the year, and that's true. But that could have been the Super Bowl hangover, starting off slow, defense is catching up. I, I, I And Hurts hasn't been running as well as he did before either. And, and I think that teams are really starting to, you know, not respect his legs as much. And I think that Ooh. takes away part of the danger of the RPO also. Yeah, but the I mean they're still running read options. They are, but he's not he's not been as effective a runner as he no, has. No, been. I, I agree with that. And I'm that's not... my point. So the, the, they're not gonna respect his legs as much. And if they're if they're not giving up a defender spying him on every play, then the RPO is, is near useless. Right, right. So I agree he's not been effective as effective running the ball. But if you are running read options, that's okay. The defense has to worry about the quarterback and the running back. You add in an RPO, you're just adding in throwing the ball. Like it's another element. Why would you not run read up? Op- Why would you run read options, but not RPOs? Well, another part of that too, is if you remember, um, those RPOs are hard to block. 
Yeah. And we've talked about the line struggling this year. Ooh, and I think that's because of the line. It, it very well could be. I mean, you saw early in the year there was a lot of there was a lot of ineligible downfield calls. Mm-hmm. Which again, back to the Cowboys game. A lot of times they were fine, falling behind the sticks with flags. Again, you can blame the rest being a little tic-tac-y, which I think they were. But they were putting themselves in long distance. You know, I won't even say that the refs were one-sided. What I'll say is the refs made themselves too big a part of the game. Yeah, they were bad and, and that's 100%. Um, I, I, think by, I think by the end of the game, there was something like somewhere between 12 and 14 accepted penalties, which is just absolutely fucking asinine. It should never happen. It's the top league. It's the top league in the sport, so it, it, it absolutely cannot happen. Um, but something you saw a lot earlier in the year was a lot of ineligible men downfield. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with the RPO, not knowing if you're blocking for a run or a pass, and you can't look back at the quarterback mid-block to figure out what the hell he's doing, right? You just kind of have to have a feel for it. And so they're hard to block for, and – you know, to be honest with you, you're giving up a lot of time. Yeah. If that pa- if the opposing team's pass rush is getting home, you're giving up a lot of valuable time with all that extra movement and motion in the backfield. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I, I didn't really think of it from the offensive line perspective, just from an overall football perspective. Something that was, you know, even if you want to say they're running a little bit or still the way they're running it, they're running it way less than last year. And it was such a huge part of their offense last year. And that just makes me wonder, you know, why, if you will. Um, But again, they, they, people always talk about running the ball. They made a concerted effort to stick to the run game. But the biggest thing is that, you know, they get a four yard gain and then they get a penalty or whatever. And then they'd be behind the sticks again. So the penalties, Right. When you go from when you go from second and five to, to first and 15, it's a problem. Yeah. And, and that, that happened multiple times in the first half. They, they I thought they made a very concerted effort to stick to the run game. So I, I thought that was a plus. I thought a lot of Eagles fans, you know, they're not going to talk about that just because the outcome still wasn't great. But I thought that was a, you know, if I would, another positive from this week. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just a tough week. It really is. Um you know, back-to-back weeks where you come out and you're like, burn the tape. But can you really burn the tape? Because at this point, it's a pattern. It's not just one game. It's back-to-back games. It's the first time that the Eagles have dropped two in a row since Jalen Hurts has been a quarterback. Um, You know, you can't just burn the tape and ignore it. At, at this point, you kind of are what you are, what you've been recently. Um, and so I think this week uh, they're going to take a hard look at themselves in the mirror and hopefully come out swinging against Seattle. Oh, dude, they're, they're, they're winning by 10 points this week. I, I've already placed the bet. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I've already placed the bet. Right. So, we still got a show on Friday, but I like it. So I, I said this all along, right? I've been saying for weeks now they're winning at an unprecedented rate. They got to start losing some games, right? Like, to lose one game in what was it almost 30 games for Jalen as starting quarterback? 25. 25. Is that what it is? That's like almost unprecedented, right? Like even Brady didn't do that when he won 16 in a row, right? So it was almost they were due for some regression, taking some losses. It's just how they lost, right? I didn't think they were gonna get blown out. Yeah, you know, kind of like the toxic ex-girlfriend. It's not what you said, it's how you said it. Ooh. It's not that you lost, it's how you lost. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think People aren't talking about it, but this may be a positive thing. This is the first time they faced adversity. Spin zone. In two years. Like, like really talk about it, right? Like, last year, best record in football the whole time. Easy competition. They're blowing people out. This year, the games were close, but they were always winning. You don't think losing Jalen Hurts down the stretch last year was adversity for this team? Nah. Because they already they already had their shit locked up. They had a playoff spot locked up. They didn't have the one seed. Yeah, but they, who were they playing? The fucking. They were playing. The, they were playing the one. They were playing for the one seed in the last week of the season. Yeah, but they were playing what the Giants, the and the Bears, or the Giants and oh no, the, no, they played the Cowboys. Yeah, the Bears game is a game that Jalen got hurt. I, I forget, but to me, this is the most adversity this team's faced under Nick Sirianni. But yes, it was the Cowboys and the Giants twice, I believe. 
Are the Cowboys and the Giants once? Um, I believe he missed. He missed two. He missed a Cowboy game, a Saint game, and then came back for the Giants game. Okay, maybe that's what it was. But even the Saints weren't great last year. I feel like this is the toughest adversity they played in two years. They were good enough to beat us without Jalen. So they played us tougher without Jalen, or we played them tougher without Jalen. I think I think this might be a good thing for the team. I don't want to say it is because it's it's not good when you get blown out by two good teams, but. It's not good when you go from leading the conference to now needing to win out to win your division. That also speaks, at least to me, to the strength of the NFC. Not at all. You don't think so? You don't think the NFC is outplaying the AFC right now? I think the NFC's Dude, going into the going into the season, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals. Everybody thought they were the three teams in the AFC. Chiefs are eight and four. Patrick Mahomes is averaging under eight points in the second half of football games. The Bills are at what five hundred, and the Bengals are without Joe Burrow. Like, dude. No, I get it. But when you say the strength of the NFC, Jaguars. When you say the strength of the NFC, and the Lions are a top four, top five team in the NFC, there's some questions. I'm still not all the way in on the Lions. No, no, no I, I'm not in on the Lions. I think they're – Dan Campbell's done a fabulous job. Like, let's just throw that out there. But in the playoffs, I still feel like Jared Goff's going to Jared Goff it, right? Like, we've seen what he done in the Super Bowl. I, I don't trust him come playoffs. But if you ask me the three be- – or name me the top five teams in football, I think four of them are in the NFC. Four? Yeah. I mean, I the Lions, I don't Go trust for it then. Name them. So Give me I your think, top five. So right now, dude, I would do the Niners, Eagles, Cowboys, Jaguars, Lions. Jaguars, huh? Yeah. Because I'll tell you right now, I'm not a believer in the Dolphins. You can make the case for the Dolphins being a top five team in the league right now, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on the Dolphin family. No, I think that well, I think the Dolphins and the Cowboys are almost the same. They beat up on bad teams. Yeah. I mean, you can say that for the Jags, right? Like, they're in a shitty division. I'm just saying, right, for me, going into the year. I'd almost put the Chiefs over the Jags because at the end of the day, like, I still trust I still trust Patrick I Mahomes. I trust Patrick Mahomes, but, dude, they are struggling. They, struggling. They, they miss having somebody other than Travis Kelsey they can throw the ball to. Dude, last year it was evident without Tyreek Hill they took the step back, but it was like they were still good this year. Dude, they like they miss him big time, and like Travis Kelsey's a great player, but he's getting doubled now in the middle of the field, and these receivers on the outside just aren't winning. But going going into the year, or they're winning and they're dropping the ball. Yeah, MVS. I mean, oh my God, what a Tony. Hey, no disrespect to Mardez, Marquez Valdez Scantling, but he is six four, runs a sub four forty, and he fucking sucks. He didn't suck this bad with Aaron Rodgers. He didn't suck this bad with Aaron Rodgers, but he still never played great with Aaron Rodgers. No, I agree. A lot of wasted talent. Oh, 1,000%. But go, going back to my original point is going going into the year, I said the AFC is the way better conference, and then the NFC has the Niners and, and Eagles. I'm looking at it now, and I'm saying the NFC is the better conference, and then there's the Jags and the Chiefs. Maybe the Dolphins. I mean, you you can throw them in. I guess you know they're playing good, but I, I don't really believe in them. But I don't know. To me, the NFC looks way better than what I thought. No, I, th- I think you're making a pretty strong case. I try. Yeah, I think you're making a pretty strong case. You got anything else for the people tonight? I don't. I don't. I, I again. I think. I think it's going to be all right, right? Like, they're still a top team in football. I know it doesn't feel like it after two weeks, but I, I, I still believe in Jalen, right? Like, I, nobody was a bigger doubter of Jalen than me. Uh, maybe there was, but I was a big doubter of Jalen Hurts, and he hasn't played great the last couple of weeks, but I really do believe he's a top five quarterback in football right now. I think the offense is going to turn it around. I still think they have a legitimate shot at a Lombardi trophy. I like it. Um, I'm with you, dude. Like, this team still has a chance. Um, and I think if they take that good, long, hard look in the mirror at themselves, like I mentioned earlier, 
I think they're going to come out swinging against Seattle. I think they stand a hell of a chance to win out, win the division. Um, hopefully San Fran drops a game or two that we don't expect, and we can still tie up that one seed. But if not, bare minimum, tie up the division, take home the division back-to-back years for the first time since I believe 2010 was the last time somebody did it, and it was the Washington Commanders. Um so for the first time in the NFC East, hopefully we come back with back-to-back division crowns for the first time since 2010. I think this team has a chance to do it. I think they're going to win out and, like I said, get a couple unexpected drops from San Fran. And you're right there in it with the one seed, hopefully. Um, either way, we're looking at home cooking football in the playoffs as long as they do what they got to do to finish out the season. Um, as you said, they're still absolutely in this race. Um you know, at the end of the day, it's the Eagles, it's the Niners, and it's the Lions who don't know what they don't know. Right. Um, very young, very inexperienced Lions team that I don't necessarily trust come playoff time. No, I mean, they, when you've been dog shit for so many years, like it's cool to see you winning, but come crunch time, I don't think they have that winning culture. They haven't won a playoff game since Bobby Knight Train Lane. A long fucking time. It's, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. I mean, they, they I think like they, a really long time. They, they might sneak in a playoff win, but like like just, multiple decades long time. Multiple decades. Yeah, I, I just like I over a quarter that. century long time. Dude, when you say a quarter century, that sounds like a couple decades sounds long. We throw say a quarter century. That just sounds long as hell. Dude, take it from me. I'm a quarter century years old, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to start telling people that. I mean, I turn 25 middle of next year. I'm going to stop about to start telling people that. Yeah, I'm a Dude, your knees are going to start hurting next year. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. But, no, this, this team is absolutely still squarely in this race, and and I'm with you. The, the sky is not falling, but they do have some good, hard adjustments ahead of them to get to where they want to be. And um, hopefully they do it. And we'll be right back here on Friday. Football Friday. Ooh, I like it. Ready to talk Eagles, Seahawks. Preview it for all you fine ladies and gentlemen. Eagles fans across the Delaware Valley and beyond. Of course, don't forget to be a friend. Tell a friend where to get the best Eagles talk in all the land. That, of course, is right here. Sundays for the birds. Catch you guys right back here on Friday. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Go, birds!